From deep in the heart of Central Texas, it's the Best of the Outdoors podcast. Brought to you by Texas Fish and Game Magazine, the voice of the Texas Outdoor Nation. I'm your humble host, Dustin Von Warnke, associate publisher here at Texas Fish and Game. And man, am I excited that you are a part of our show today. I'm so excited to have you listening. Thank you so much for telling a friend. Thank you so much for your five-star rating. Thank you so much as well for uh, spreading the old good news of this podcast and telling everybody about it and uh, and for liking what we have and, uh, and checking out fishgame.com and everything else that we have going on at Texas Fishing Game. So excited to have the chance to get back with you and um, doing a show that I've been wanting to do for a while. I've not been able to do this uh, in a long time because we've had all kinds of other stuff come up for the podcast and all kinds of other things that we wanted to talk about, but haven't talked about bow fishing in a while. I know bow fishing may not be the first thing on your list if you're an outdoorsman, but uh, I'm hoping this show will help pique your interest in a little bit more because it is uh, it is a really great pastime in freshwater or saltwater. Uh, it's a social sport. It brings people together. It's it's family in the outdoors. It is just so 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 vitally important to the ecosystem and everything else, uh, and, and just a great challenging sport to get outdoors and to shoot some fish. So. Um, we're going to have my guest, Marty McIntyre, GarQuest bow fishing guide and owner of that guide business and just an incredible, incredible guy. Um, I've had him on. He's been a good friend of mine for the last, geez, I guess it's been eight years now. Um, I've met him in 2011 and it's 2019. So I guess, yeah, I guess that's about eight years. Um, and I met him off of, and I'll tell this story in the podcast, but I met him off of a, um, uh, bow fishing trip that I won that he gave away to one of the uh, the 3D clubs that I'm a part of and I just really really have loved working for him ever since I uh, do his website uh, do some of his marketing stuff and just really get out there and get uh, get him some uh, some traction so you know these podcasts are good I always have him on as my resident bow fishing guide because he is just such a wealth of knowledge he has bow fished a lot of the United States uh, a lot of different states he holds state records and lake records currently uh, in a lot of different lakes for uh, for bow fishing and um, that class of uh, fishing. And it does river streams, lakes, uses GoPro, uses a professional, you know, uh, um, a uh, you know regular camcorder uh, camera to, to film a lot of his stuff. I mean, there's just a lot of great videos that I've got at GarQuest.com for your listening and watching pleasure uh, that you can check out that I've done for him over the years. And it's just been a blast getting to know this stuff. And I, I just got addicted to bow fishing because it is just such a great sport to practice archery, to get out there and enjoy things, to help the uh, ecosystem out. And there's just a lot of benefits to it. And we'll talk about that in the show. So before I forget that, um, I'm going to put some stuff in the show notes. Obviously, um, the events that I talked about in the last podcast are coming up in June. We're in June when this is releasing. And, um, I just wanted to put some stuff out there. I'll put everything in the show notes. The Texas Air Gun Show. You've got the uh, Backcountry uh, Hunters and Anglers uh, events that are coming up. I'll put those in the show notes again. Uh, my buddy Jeremy that I had on last week, uh, or last two weeks ago, last um, last podcast was uh, was a really good uh, good guest. And uh, I've got something that's coming up with him on the same day that I've got the Air Gun Show. So lots of fun things happening in the outdoors. Um, there's there's tournaments. There's all kinds of different things that are going on right now. If you check out our website at fishgame.com and sign up for our newsletter, it is free, and uh, you can get uh, check out all that stuff and have a lot of fun with uh, with your with your summertime activities with uh, some of the things that we're promoting at fishgame.com. And we're also doing a this is 
pertinent because it's a it's relevant because it is a uh fishing episode uh even if it's fishing with a bow um power pole is doing a program right now with us called fishing strategies you can trust uh power poles uh, slogan for this program is um we build trust and it is all about the service that PowerPole provides. And I highly recommend that you check out this digital special program. I've authored two or three articles. I can't remember which ones I've authored, but it's at least two articles that are there about customer service and about kayak fishing. And then I think there was one more that I did. It's been a while since I wrote those. So I, uh, I can't remember right offhand, but anyway, you can check that out at fishgame.com. If you look at the slider, that's at the top of our page, you'll see the, the current issue go back and forth, uh, with, with different opportunities for you to click on or read the current digital issue. And then you can also, uh, so check out the digital program it is free and the content in there is free and there's a lot of really good rich stuff for you to help you with your freshwater fishing saltwater fishing flipping casting whatever uh, there's just a lot of different information there for you to uh, to consume and we're doing email blasts for them this month and uh and last month for uh promoting the content that's in those so anyway lots and lots of great content there for you uh, besides our regular fishgame.com blog and our newsletter content so without further ado let's get into this podcast with marty mcintyre from garquest here we go joining me on the phone mr marty mcintyre from garquest bow fishing how are you doing today marty I am doing well. Survived the weekend. All right. That's right. What have you been up to lately, buddy? Well, um, Memorial Weekend kept me pretty busy. We were fishing every every night of that one and trying to stay out of the crowd. Yeah. No, that's good. Um, so a lot of boat traffic on Memorial Day weekend, I'm sure, right? Oh, yes. Pleasure boaters always. and that kind of stuff. What lakes were you fishing? Right. I fished Belton. Okay. Uh, in fact, I fished Belton all weekend. That was that was a weekend. That was a uh, lake I stayed on. Okay, cool. I was just curious. Close to home. So, and you've you've moved to your your physical house location now, but you basically still fish Belton and still house pretty regularly, right? Right, Belton and Still House are still my home lakes. Okay, yeah. and that's I what just that's, yeah, that's I cool. just moved around the other side of Temple. <laughs> <laughs> the north part yeah i know i'm with you um and and the funny thing is i was going to bring this up because you and i haven't talked about this in a while you fish stillhouse hollow in central texas and belton and you fish lake belton you know in belton proper um it, it's like two different lakes in a lot of ways even though they're darn near adjoining each other because your your fish in belton are like for the advanced and intermediate and your fish in 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 a stillhouse are like you know i mean they're just they're a lot slower a lot more lethargic am i right um, Steelhouse is a whole lot clearer. Okay, so that's that's what I was going. Steelhouse, yeah. when you see the when you see the fish, they're they're a lot deeper than you will see them in Belton. Okay. I mean, you know, and they're not they're you know ten or twelve miles. I don't think they're twelve miles. Probably seven or eight miles apart. Yeah. Um. You know, my other my other prop where I lived before, I lived right between the two of them, so I could split and go either way. Right. Now I live right above Belton, so Belton's my closer lake. I did fish Stillhouse last week, and um, we saw some really, really big fish. In fact, I think we're, we're saying it was about 70-pound uh, grassy we saw. Grass carp, wow. Um, but... <laughs> You know, we you you see them, and if you don't get on them right away, they're gone. They're gone. Yeah, they're pretty smart fish. 
Whoa, that would have been a hoss of a grass carp because as long as they oh, yeah. are, you know, they, they to get them that fat, that's really good. But you know, um, still houses. If you don't, if you have any wind, fifteen miles an hour or more, you don't want to be on still house because there's not a whole lot of protection over there. And yeah, not a lot of cover, not a lot of shelter, not a lot of um, of of uh, protection. Yeah, like you were saying. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Now, with the water as high as it is, there's a whole lot of water to fish. Right. In fact, one of the islands, it's probably less than half the size it usually is. Oh, goodness. And we were fishing all over the top of it and doing pretty good. We were, in, we were back up into places I had never been um, fishing before. We were up, up in the off off roads that go around that lake that are normally, you know, out of, out of, way out of the water. Okay. I was just curious. That's really cool. Uh, because that's the neat thing about when we have a lot of weather, you know, related stuff like the rain that we've had recently, like we were talking about before we started recording, you know, since October, we've been getting a lot of rain here in Texas and, um, you know, you just have those kind of experiences with the water rising and new water to fish because we typically bow fish the shallows for, you know, for carp, buffalo, gar, and that kind of stuff. Correct. If we can get out of the debris and, you know, we were fishing. In fact, I was relating uh, rabbit hunting to the last boat, the last couple bow fishing trips I've been because the buffalo were bouncing out of the bushes. They were down underneath the bushes really? in the uh fence lines and they were coming they were just flying out of the fence lines it, <laughs> that's crazy it was it was pretty cool that's really co- so how did that look like like fish are just jumping out of the water yeah well they were they were coming out from under the bushes we wouldn't see them and then they'd dart out from under the bushes and we were having to shoot them on the run right it was just as if you know we were walking a fence line yeah. although we were over the top of it they right. were they were blowing out of it, and the water was so clear you could see them with no issues. Oh, my goodness. I've, I've got to get out and go with you again, man. It's been too long. <laughs> but it, it has been a while. It has been a while. But I just, you know, the, the thing is, Marty, as you know, you got me addicted to the sport of bow fishing, and there's two things that stick out to me about the sport because I know a lot of folks don't bow fish or, or a lot of people are learning how to and a lot of people have interest in it. But the main thing is it's a great sport as far as, you know, a challenge. And it's also a very, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a very entertaining sport and a social sport, kind of like dove hunting is, you know, where you sit around and, and just you can talk, you can play music, that kind of stuff. You can't do that in a lot of sporting outings that we do. Absolutely. And it, the, the, you're right there next to each other. You're not, yeah. you know, you're not 25 feet away. You're, you're within arm's length of, away from each other just carrying on a conversation and then all of a sudden a big fish interrupts your conversation and you go to flinging arrows and marty goes you big 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 fish big fish big fish right there right there right there that's that's exactly the way it goes (laughs) that's right and uh but that's the thing i've always enjoyed about your boat because it's always laid back it's always cool i've been fishing with you since 2011 when i got kind of addicted to the sport and um you know the thing is that also a lot of people you know there are a lot of rod and reel fishermen out there that are kind of anti-bow fishing but i mean it helps the ecosystem if you think about all the carp and 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 um 
and and buffalo and other fish that are sucking up all those bass eggs and everything else people neglect to figure out that kind of stuff that we're removing those invasive fish from the water even some native fish like gar and buffalo from the water um but i don't you know again i i see it as a great all-around challenge and great all-around for the environment right and most people you're right most people do not um look at it as we're removing the fish that do ha- don't have any predators right once they hit two pounds there's not a predator in the water so what you know what are they going to do except just feed 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 yes and buffalo and gar do not care what they feed on right bass you know, or whatever I've, you know. and everybody says well buffalo's a trash fish and it just eats plankton no sir mm-hmm. i have uh we have shot buffalo in the midst of um shad and we bring them in the boat and they're spitting they're spitting minnows out (laughs) of their mouth where we upset you know but they were in there literally feeding on the minnows so so there's for the naysayers right marty you know the ones that are saying well you know they all they eat is plankton and stuff well they're spitting minnows i'm pretty sure they're eating minnows and that's what's coming out of their mouth you know absolutely absolutely the my best story is one that uh came out of uh granberry we're up in granberry and we're shooting and this guy shoots this humongous buffalo and it takes us forever because it's it goes out into the deep water so we're floating around in the deep water while he's fighting and he gets it up and he said man i need a break so he sits he would get it on the boat we put it away he sits down and he he's like there's a crab on here and every one of the guys on the boat says we're in fresh water there are no crabs we turn around and there was a little hermit looking crab that was running around our deck at Buffalo and spit out. I love it. Oh and we're going, gosh. wait a minute, where'd this thing come from? Well, the only place it could have came from is from inside that big old buffalo we got. Right. It didn't just hop in the boat, in other words. Yeah. Absolutely. And I did I have not been in any salt water. Right. So Well, that's interesting. And then the other thing I was gonna bring up that I like about bow fishing is the fish get huge. You know, I Absolutely. mean, whether you, you catch them rod and reel, you catch And that's the thing. I just did a, a video I just released on YouTube for our June edition of the magazine about rod and reel fishing for carp. Because as you know, I was a carp angler before I met you. Yeah. And it's, it's, a, it's a fight with some fishermen that say that a striped bass is a harder fighter than a carp. And I disagree. I think the carp is the hardest fighting freshwater fish on the earth. Especially yeah, in America. I've heard that more than once. But yeah. because, I mean, they will fight you like they owe you money. I mean, or like you owe them money. And, <laughs> I mean, they, they they don't play, they play the game to win. And, and I mean, I've written about that and I've podcasted about that and everything else. But, I mean, I, I really believe when you stick one with an arrow, they don't fight quite as bad. But when they take off with that thing, it the heat is on. I mean, you've got to just stay up and reel that thing. They'll try to jerk the bow out of your hands. Absolutely, absolutely, and it depends on where you get them. Right, at, too. right, for sure. That's where I was going with that. And if you if you shoot right in the right in the head or right in the face, like Tim Jackson says, you know, then they don't yep. do much. But I mean, it's it's still because it's such a challenge. You're you're shooting instinctively. You're shooting without sights in most cases, or lasers, or anything like that on your bow. You've got to get good. And what it's helped me do as an archer is be a better recurve shooter and a better longbow shooter. Because you're aiming low and because the archer's paradox of your eyes. Absolutely. 
So, I mean, bow fishing has got so many different, you know, benefits to it. And I just, the thing that I, that I find the most is, is that people kind of poo poo it as, you know, oh, you're killing all the fish and like that. But I mean, you know, has it ever really impacted the environmental, you know, the environmental factors really negatively in the area? I mean, I don't think anybody can prove that. I don't think so. I believe it has impacted it professionally and uh, positively. Positively, right. Exactly. Because, because, and, and I know it's time passed, but when I first started, fishing belton and steel house the bass were not huge but they are pulling out some really sweet stringers of bass now out of both belton and steel house whether we had anything to do with it or not i don't know because you've taken but, a lot of fish off of both of those lakes i mean a lot i'm talking lots of absolutely. fish I mean, but at the same time you catch that daggum lake when it's spawning, you have never seen so many right. fish. That's my other point. That's where I was going with that next because there is just an amazing amount of, and they have no predators after, the, like you were saying, after two pounds. I mean, what else are they going to do? Just I mean, look at Lake Austin. You and I have fished Lake Austin before. They wanted right. nothing but grass carp. Now, I've written about this before, but you know they, they wanted nothing but grass carp because they were supposed to be sterile and triploid and all that other stuff, and they were going to be eating all the grass and everything. Well, there's no vegetation left in that lake. They're stripping off the leaves of the dang trees. You know? <laughs> because, right, well, and yeah. the trees are falling in the lake because of the waves not having any breakers between them and hitting the bank oh veg underwater vegetation in other words okay breakers yeah. like that okay i see yeah, what you're saying no underwater vegetation no breaker and it's wiping out the banks of that lake <laughs> i mean you talk about environmental impact you know there's exactly. things that things that people think that are good to do for the environment to, to make that a better bass lake and it's not that good of a bass lake anymore you can ask any bass fishermen about that oh yeah i've had several bass fishermen tell me that it is it has dropped. You know, when they loaded it up with all the grass carp, it was one of the top lakes, and bam. Same with same with Conroe. Right. Conroe has no vegetation whatsoever. And from what I'm hearing, they've got some torpedoes in there running around, grass carp that are <laughs> six and seven foot long. <laughs> torpedoes. <laughs> I can just see a fish, you know, going through the water like a torpedo. Wow. Oh, and that's what they look like. I mean, they're... <laughs> Oh my gosh! And you can't shoot, but you can't shoot grass carp at all in that lake. Is that right? Or what's the rule? Yeah, Conroe, you cannot shoot grass carp at all. But you could shoot other other. You know, you know. I hate to say right. the word trash fish, but, but you know, we were we fished a tournament there not too long ago, and it was the only other fish we saw happened to be a lake record common because we put it in a boat, and it was a lake record. But that was the only other fish we saw besides grass carp mm. so for a whole taken over. twelve hour tournament. Golly, they've kind of taken over. Wow. I, so, I, and now the catfish are humongous because the uh, the other fish have nowhere to hide. Right. Right. You they, know. They eat so up, it is know. a fantastic catfishing lake. That yeah, is. Uh, and they're all big catfish. I mean, you can get little ones too, but there are some huge catfish coming out of that lake. Well, as you know, the Bassmaster Classic was held there in 2017, and then the, the show was held in Houston, the expo and everything was held in Houston for Bassmaster. But now Major League Fishing, 
the new, you know, the newer, you know, um, big bass, uh, league is, is doing fishing trips now. Uh, and Conroe was in one of the lakes I was on back in February while they were there filming. And that was kind of cool to watch the guys right. catch bass out of that lake and, and do their thing with MLF. And, and, uh, it was just kind of cool to see all the cameras and all the chase boats and all this other stuff that was going on. But, um, yeah, at the same time, I'm like, you really have to grind out to get quality fish because of the, you know, the, the grass carp, you know, I mean, that, that, that lake used to be, um, so anyway, that's just my point is that, you know, I mean, you, too much of a good thing or too much of a bad thing, I guess, is too much of anything. I don't know. I'm just kind of right. trying right. to you say. You can overdo anything. You can overdo anything. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because, uh, and, and I would think, I, just me, and I'm not speaking for Texas Fishing Game here, but I would think if you would if you would legalize grass cart to be shot, there would be some huge grass cart coming out of that lake. I mean, humongous. Absolutely. I think what they need to do in these bigger bodies of water they need to just put a whole bunch in and within six months allow us to start bow fishing. Yeah. Allow them to be start pulling them out. Right. That way they will give the fish the opportunity to do what they were supposed to do, but not overdo. And no, there's no way we can get rid of every one of them. No. no but we can there. start thinning the herd. Right. Right. And at least keep the numbers manageable. And that's more of a conservation slash uh the wildlife and, and fisheries management thinking there you know which is really good right well i've shot i've shot them out of uh um lake austin where we it opened up last september to us yeah and i shot some out of there that them suckers were starving to death they had yep. nothing they had nothing to eat i fish with you there that's too. What, and that's what you're talking about they they're eating the leaves off the trees. Conroe, you can drive a lawnmower down by the <laughs> by the lake and watch the lake abrupt because all the grass carp are sitting there waiting for a free meal. Sucking down all that grass. Yeah, those grass yeah, clippings. Please like throw it water. in here. Please <laughs> cut it right. this way. Throw me some cuttings, please. That's hilarious. Yeah. But it's it's true though. I mean, like I said, once they eat and everything, I mean, there's not much more that they eat besides the vegetation, and and, and you know, it do, it does affect the environment. So my whole point is, from a conservation standpoint, now I'm talking. You know, it, it's just about thinking smart. You know, not not hard. Because, you know, it, it, it does have an effect, you know, and we've seen two lakes in Texas that have that, that common that common thread as far as, you know, the fish kind of taking over the world. And uh, it was uh, September of 2017, I believe, is when they legalized it on Lake Austin. Okay. Was it 17? 17, okay. yeah. So that's been, what, a year and a half now almost. So, right. um, you know. And I've been going down to, uh, I've been fishing down there quite a bit, and they've, They've slowed down a little bit, but some nights they're everywhere, you right, know. Right, right, yeah. So you can there's there's ample target rich environment. And the other thing I was going to ask you about is tilapia. Um, you know, one thing that Texas used to be really good with was was power plant lakes with tilapia. And with the Obama's administration, they were shutting down the coal burning power plants, which were what, what our power plants, a lot of our power plants were in Texas, correct? Absolutely. That's uh, just about well. The first one I knew about that shut down, and it shut down several years ago, was Trading House. Right, Trading House Lake, yep. Trading House outside of Waco used to be the premium tilapia lake. And then we started going to Fairfield and Gibbons Creek, and both of them are closed down now. And uh, Fairfield was the last one to close, and it's 
It doesn't have any fair uh, tilapia in it. Uh, Gibbons, same thing. It closed down, and as soon as we had a December rolled around and got cold enough, it killed them all off. Wow. Um, now, the only place now available for any kind of tilapia is Calaveras and Browning, but they're down in San Antonio. And pretty and crowded that, lakes, too, right? They're power plant lakes, but they have a whole lot of other recreational stuff. That's what I'm saying. On. They're pretty crowded. That's what I meant to say. They're very, very, yes, very they're very crowded. Because you very and I have fished crowded. Cali during the during the daytime, you know, and even like during a spring break week. This is back in 2012. We did that bow fishing marathon. You still remember that night? Right. Oh, <laughs> heck yeah. I remember. 24 hours of bow fishing. That was crazy. I'll never forget that. But, you know, I mean, it was it was cool, but it's just like, and then, you you know, people leave their junk on the, on the, the shores and everything. Thing, and they throw up the placoscomus because they're overtaking the lake and they they just rot on the bank and it's just there are a lot of unsavory things about you know fishing them but at the same time i mean that's just part of what you have to deal with is is cast netters and, and wind which are two your major things for tilapia you know correct so, yeah, correct but i wrote about that in a couple of articles hunting the water ghost was what the title of one of my articles about uh, tilapia fishing but um you know it's just one of those things where i i kind of miss that you know these power plant lakes are going but they they thrive in that warmer water and that's why power plant lakes were so successful is that correct correct yes so even were. though they're an invasive species and you have to remove the intestines and all other stuff it's been that way since i can remember as a kid um with tilapia um still a great tasting fish and still a lot of fun to shoot because they are so so wary and so smart and have such good eyesight and clear water uh to see what if you're going to pull back and shoot at them i mean they're really smart fish yeah it's kind of like hunting turkey yeah that's what that's what i equated to as well in fact you're the they're one that paying, taught me that <laughs> they're paying attention inside and outside of the right. water it's not like everything else you know everything all the other fish are mainly worried about what's in the water. It's going to eat them. They, they pay attention outside the water too. Yeah, no, that's smart for fisher birds or bow fishermen or whatever. Yeah, there's right. a lot of a lot of predators because they're smaller fish. But I, I'm looking back at some of the photos that I had on my other screen right now on my computer. I've got dual screens here, and I've got the first Fairfield trip was the one that was recording. You talk about a mess of fish, man. I mean, I don't know how many tilapia were there, but good night. You remember yep. that photo? I've got it up oh, on your website. Man, I've been at Fairfield so many times, and sometimes you'd think it was empty of fish, and then other times there you can't even reel your reel in fast enough. Yeah, because they're just everywhere. Yeah, that's a good point. But, you know, it's just kind of a passing of an era, I guess, you know, with some of the tilapia going. But, I mean, there still are lakes that have them. I mean, Cali and Browning are, are very, um, very, you know, centrally located in San Antonio and very popular lakes. But, I mean, they, are those plants are still going or no? Do you know? As far as I know, they are. Okay, cool. I was just curious. But I'm not even. I'm not even sure about that because okay. they did. It. Every one of them had a deadline. Yeah, no, I remember that. So you know, it's just one of those things. Obviously, one of your one of your things is Trophy Gar um, with Choke Canyon to some of the South Texas lakes. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Well, it's just um, it's a six hour trip. We go out and we. Uh, we look for alligator gar this year. We've already taken, I don't know, 14 or so. Um, and they're not what I would, con a lot of them are not what I consider trophies, but as long as the guys that are with me are considering trophies, yeah. that's Take care of you your know, clients. And yeah. they've been, I think the smallest one was 
almost five foot. Oh, wow. And the largest one was almost seven foot. So it's, it's that range in there. You know, um, I went down fishing by myself with a buddy and we weren't, we weren't going to shoot anything above set, you know, unless we had something more than seven foot. Right. So, you know, it was, and we saw several that day. We saw five or six that day and, uh, two of them were easy six foot, but it's just, um, it's clear water. So you can actually see what you're shooting at. You know, we had that big issue with the Trinity river getting shut down to bow fishermen pretty much. It's not shut down, but you can't shoot anything more than four foot. So, you know, why go there at all during the day or night? Right. Correct. Uh. Yeah. You know, we, we're not going to drive two hours to shoot a four foot fish. Right. Right. Um, and the Trinity's a hard shooter anyways. It's uh because it's a muddy, muddy water. Yeah. You don't see the fish until it breaks the surface. So it's a it's a hard hard shooting body of water so anyway. This so. new rule affects the Trinity River and Lake Livingston or just the Trinity River north or south of Lake Livingston or what? I, I don't think they've read it, written it up totally. Okay. But it's um, it's coming to effect in September either way, right? Right. Um, and, but it's four foot fish, alligator gar, you know, four foot alligator gar. So they, they closed it down and just reopened it, but they closed it down from, uh, 287 to seven. So you could still fish below seven. Okay. I just, Um, and that, and that runs into 19 highway 19 and then Lake Livingston. Okay. So. So it's still fish that part. I don't know where the boundaries are going to be for this. Okay. I was just curious. Hope, hopefully it'll be, you know, above, say above seven or 21 highway 21, somewhere around there. Well, I bring that up because it's something that affects, you know, the bow fishing public really came up in arms, but it was almost too late to do anything about, you know, changing anybody's mind about the law on the official side. Um, but it was definitely something that united a lot of people in the bow fishing community. Would you agree? Absolutely. And, but it was, it was a done deal before we right. went to the meeting. It was just a formality. I, kind of. I, yeah. The, the meeting was a formality. It was, you know, and, and to make it, there's, there was no rhyme or reason for this. Right. Because anybody that knows bow fishing and knows rod and reel fishing, you know that rod and reel fishing is going to catch a whole lot more alligator gar than it, the bow fishermen. I I had guys come down here five years in a row before they got their first fish. Wow. You know, and they were, I mean, you see them, but you just don't get shots or you don't, you're not fast enough to get a shot or when you see it, you you give that three second oh shit look, and <laughs> and the fish is gone. You yeah. know, yeah. Um, but there's just uh, there was no rhyme or reason, you know, because the the one fish a day, one alligator gar per day per person is a legit rule. But to put it off limits to us, I didn't think that was very legit 
Yeah, I understand. And I mean, like I say, a lot of guys that got up in arms, but it was almost like Lone Star Bowhunters Association sent out something to its members. And of course, I'm an officer over there. Um, you know, and a couple of the other bow fishing groups, I know the Bow Fishing Association of America, or the Bow Fishers of America, I forget what that group is, or the, um, the part. Yeah, BAA. BAA, yeah. Um, you know, did, did a lot of activism on that too. But I mean, it just, it was seemed, seemed like it was a little too little too late. But I mean, the thing that I worry about with the laws like that is the fact that it, it, where does it draw the line? I mean, what other lake's going to be next? And a lot of other people said the same thing. Absolutely. And that's if, if they can uh, say that it's working in one lake, it'll be a whole lot easier to pass it in another lake. Sure, another sure. Body of water. Yeah, exactly. And so, but I mean, I, I understand, I understand their point though, in a way, as far as uh, a trophy seven foot gar is what, 30 years old on average, something like that. It's pretty old, right? Right. Yes. And, and that those fish don't just come everywhere, but at the same time, I mean, a lot of us, me and you included for, for big trophy gar like that, you know, uh, preserve that as a trophy and sometimes use the meat. Um, right. Absolutely. You know, cut out the big old backstrap steaks out of, out of it and, and grill it or, or fry it or whatever. There's a lot of different, you know, mines that now some people I know just discard them and, and that's not, you know, that, that's a whole nother, another topic. But at the same time, I mean, there's enough responsible people that fish with the bow that, you know, I think have, have the best mindset uh, of, of conservation in, in heart. And you've shot a bunch of, of trophy alligator gar. So that's why I bring you on the show because, you know, you know. Yeah, well, and, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to allow anybody to shoot more than one and I'm not going to allow anybody to shoot. You know, if you get your one, you're done. You're done. You're finished sitting in the back of the boat. I mean, now. we can still fish and you can still shoot carp, gar, regular gar and Buffalo, stuff like that. Right, but, right. You know, and that's, I had some guys out and I, they've seen about a four and a half footer, but we had seen several that day. And I said, well, it's, it's your call. Yeah. You know, that you can only shoot, you know, you can only shoot one a day. So it's your call. Well, so. it's funny you mentioned that I shot, uh, I'll never forget in the back of your boat one time I was, I was kind of riding, riding in the back and letting the, the new guys fish up front. And I shot at probably, I guess about three foot gar wasn't very long, long nose gar. Um, out of their boat with a Harry, uh, hail Mary shot. And it was one of those things where I didn't think the shot was going to make it. And I hit that gar and he jumped like three feet up in the air. <laughs> yep. so hard they like to tell like, walk. Yes. Uh, got it, man. So, I mean, just a lot of memories to be made bow fishing. And my son is a getting to be almost 10 years old. He's pulling a bow back now. And I'm pretty sure he can pull back one of your Matthews Genesis or your Genesis, um, uh, kids bows. Um, right. The thing is, he's he's right-handed, but he's shooting with his left eye. <laughs> so I'm still working through that. Right, but, um, right, right. Anyway, that's but, that. yeah, he's a he's at that age, man. I yeah. remember that. I remember that kid was a baby. Yeah, Woo. I know. I do remember. That's you and I knew each other. He was two years old when you and I met each other for the first time. So wow. Um, but that kid's almost ten. But you know, Riley, your granddaughter. I mean, goodness. I mean, I've seen her grow up and 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 just be a, an incredible young lady. You know, so. 
Yep, and she's an incredible shop. I got to work to keep up with her. Yeah, that's right. Those kids sometimes can school us older guys, right? That's it. <laughs> but, I mean, my whole point with that is it's a great way to get kids hooked on archery. I know you like to donate to uh, Hill Country Bow Hunters and some other organizations and, uh, and nonprofits and stuff just to spread the word around. And that's how I met you, Marty, was through a, a bow fishing trip that I won on a silent auction in 2011. Yeah. You know, yep, I, I remember maybe it was that. 2010, I think, is when I won it. And then I took the trip with you in the spring of 2011. But, man, I mean, it's just about spreading the sport and spreading our wings and flying out there and, and, and getting more people hooked on the outdoors, you know, which is what I'm really big about on this podcast, of course. But, uh, I mean, it's just it's something that, that's, that's meaningful, you know. It's something that's good right. for the environment. It's something that teaches you archery and teaches you how to be good at instinctive archery. And uh, there's just a lot of, I just, my point was there are a lot of benefits, so. Absolutely, yeah. In fact, I've got, in June 8th, I've got Women in the Outdoors. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, too. That Women in the Outdoors yeah. is sponsored by what, Texas Parks and Wildlife, right? No, the, well, I do, uh, Becoming an Outdoor Woman is right. Texas Parks and Wildlife. Okay, that's right. This one is National Wildlife uh, Turkey Foundation. Okay, cool. And it's a one-day affair up here outside of... Uh, outside of uh temple okay cool what lake or body of water is it going to be on uh it's it's on a ranch oh on a ranch okay cool so you're gonna yeah, bring it's your... got a big lake there but we um we do the old tub shoot yeah yeah and i go through all the different bows all the different arrows and explain bow fishing to them and that's great uh fish id we go through all the fish id mm. and then we they take turns shooting the target i have set up I mean, one of the things I love, yeah, the target in the water, the gar target looks so real. You think it was a real gar if you didn't know it was fake. Oh, absolutely. I got people walking up to the tub all you the time. You can't shoot that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's hilarious. But uh, the thing I honor you about, you know, Marty, is the fact that you reach out to the youth and you reach out to the women and you're, you're all inclusive on, and you're a great teacher. I mean, I learned everything I know about bow fishing from you originally. And, you know, that's the thing I really appreciate about you is you're, you're all about including all, you know, people that aren't necessarily your, your typical bow fishermen, you know? Well, and that's my, that's my favorite audience. First timers. Right. And, and you know you get mama involved. You got every, the whole family involved. Yeah, and it's a family it's a family tradition to go bow fishing with Marty. <laughs> well, and there's been several ladies that I have had in class, and they come back with their whole family. Right. Yes. That's solid, man. I mean, that's great. And I mean, the the thing about that people don't realize about about bow fishing is that it, it does bring people together, but it also it's a communal sport, but it also instills togetherness. I guess is the best way to say that because it, it's such a intimate sport in a way that that you're having fun, but you're close to each other is what I mean to say. Correct. Everybody's you know everybody's there and they're talking about whatever you know what happened today or the camping trip they're on or sure. the camp trip they did before the the last bow fishing trip they took you know months ago or right you know it's it's a great opportunity because you're not you don't have to yell at each other you just talk <laughs> like we're talking right now right, right you got music playing in the background you know and everybody's everybody's clued in on what's going on right 
right and smart about it and that kind of stuff yeah so and there's just there's so many opportunities out there uh to do stuff like that but i mean the thing i've always honored about doing it with you is just you always make it fun and you teach and you you know even you miss you know sometimes which you're not afraid to show all people, the time you know, and, i just don't put it on video right exactly exactly and <laughs> i've edited a lot of gopro stuff for you over the years of stuff that you have missed and stuff you have hit so you were saying yeah. i'm sorry go ahead that's it. That's what were you saying? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, you didn't interrupt me. I'm just thinking. Okay. Out. <laughs> thinking out loud. Um, what's a typical night like as far as how many fish? I know it depends on the archer and the group and the archery proficiency of that group as far as reeling in fish, but how many carp, garb, buffalo is your average night these days? Um. Well, this whole weekend it was 12 or 18, I think, was the most. At night? At a night? Is that what you Yeah, okay. well, they got in the boat. Okay, cool. Now, they probably, for the most part, they probably seen anywhere from 100 to 200 fish. Oh, my gosh. And, I mean, you can shoot over 100 times in one night. I mean, you oh, absolutely. Done it. I mean, as far Easy. as pulling your bow back and making a shot, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and they, they were pretty, the fishing was pretty steady this this weekend. Um, the last day, Monday night was probably the slowest. We didn't see a whole lot of Buffalo. We seen more gar. And I think it was because of, uh, you know, they're trying to drain these lakes back to normal. Right. Right. And I think they have so much water going out of the lake that it dropped. It dropped. The water dropped at least three inches from the night before. Oh, Wow. So I mean, it's going down. It's going down quick. Getting back into into the banks because you know Temple Lake Park at Belton is underwater. Oh wow! I didn't realize that. Goodness. Oh yeah, it's been underwater for a while. For a while. Uh, now, yeah. You and I used to launch out of there too. Yeah. Well, and I haven't been able to launch there for I want to say a month. What do you tie up to the playground? <laughs> you know. I mean, that's yeah. You go through your the boat, playground. You know. <laughs> You don't. You try not to hit a barbecue pit. Right, exactly. On the way out, yeah, with your prop. Oh that's my it. gosh, that's funny. Um, but, yeah, go ahead. No, you go ahead, buddy. I just, um, you know, Ballora and back in the Fort Hood area where Cowhouse comes in, that was all up in the fields and flooded. Goodness. So I mean, it was it was some good it was some good uh, good water this weekend. Goodness, goodness, goodness. That's great. And obviously I've written about saltwater bow fishing, which I know you've not done a ton of, but I mean, you've got stingrays, you've got mullet, you've got a wide variety of different um, sheep said, that kind of stuff that you can fish on in Texas, Louisiana both, right? Correct. Yeah. Well, you know, if I do any kind of saltwater, I go to uh, Louisiana. Right. And it's not really salt. It's kind of brackish. Like marsh, right. Reds and sheep heads. Yeah, which uh, reds are legal to and- shoot with a the bow there, yeah. Correct, and I even talked to their game wardens at times, and they said they it hasn't done anything but help the uh, the fish. Right, you know, they haven't seen any any deterrent why to why to stop. You know, and they're using their they're talking. Uh, you know, you got rod and reel guys. They catch and release, but. Did the fish survive? You don't know. Yeah, it swam off, but that's all you know. Yeah, you know. So, and you know, we can we can shoot and put them in the, bring them in the cooler. We uh, we shoot quite a few reds, quite a few sheep heads. 
the stingrays down there, they're just little skates about, you know, eight or ten inches around. Yeah, they're not real big. Yeah. Oh, not at all. Now, I've been in North Carolina fishing big rays and uh, Virginia, and that's where you get the good, nice rays, you know, size of trash can lids. Wow, and you can obviously that's, punch out, you know, make yourself some sea scouts from those uh, from those those rays, right? Absolutely, and that's yeah. yep, that's exactly what I do. Wrap them in bacon a little bit uh, and put them on a grill. So I, I don't think we were talking about this on this show, but I mean, I, I've heard that if they're if the if the the circles that you that you get at the restaurant are perfectly round all the way around and they're not misshaped or misformed at all, they might be stingray and not sea scallops. <laughs> you know, yeah, I think they call them base scallops. Base scallops. Okay, that's what I mean to say. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's kind of funny. And I'll, I'll never forget when I was growing up, my dad used to take me over to JP, his buddy, uh, and 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 one of his friends would be down at Choke Canyon commercial fishing for gar because there were so many of them and the restaurants would buy the gar for the meat absolutely and it used to be a big thing people laugh at me when i talk about that but it's it was true i was there i witnessed it they were jug line for gar right absolutely i mean we're talking trophy gar and i mean i know that was back in the day before these rules came along about the one gar per day limit and everything like that but it was it was commercial fishing on choke canyon i mean and it was legal Right. So, I mean, I just, I couldn't get over uh, the, the amount of fish they would catch was just absolutely astronomical. But even then, I mean, the population on Choke Canyon alone and, and other freshwater lakes that have alligator gar is still good. I mean, that's what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Well, they had a major kill off. Right. They, you know, catch. I should, it wasn't a kill off. They caught a bunch of them and had all the commercial guys come in to choke and catch hundreds of them. And now they're back up, and there's a lot of big ones in there. Yeah, yeah, and that happens over time. Yeah, so I just I, I enjoy this stuff so much, and I just I just enjoy something that that is inclusive of women and kids. That's something that's fun, something that's enjoyable, something that's a great pastime, and something you can do during the summer months. One reason why I wanted to have you on now is because a lot of this bow fishing stuff happens at night, unless you're bow fishing for tilapia during the day. I mean, a lot of times we uh, we we go, and it's still hot and humid. But you don't have the sun to deal with. Correct. Yeah, it's you know it might be a hundred degrees, but it's it's doable because right. you don't have the sun beating it's down. A lot yeah. more. It's a lot more uh, manageable in that case. And I'm writing an article for the August issue on heat stroke, on surviving you know not surviving heat stroke, but avoiding heat stroke and heat stress and uh, heat problems. And um, you know that's one another reason why I wanted to have you on because it, it's something bow fishing, something you can do until two o'clock in the morning from eight o'clock at night. You know, M- most of your trips run like eight to eight to midnight, right? Correct. That's my, my, most of my trips are four hours. Right. Eight, eight to midnight. Yes. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. So, um, you know, I mean, there's, there's just so much to talk about here, but I don't want to keep you for too much longer, Marty. Um, how do people reach you? Uh, the best way is to give me a call two five four nine three one three four seven four, or they can go on uh GarQuest bow fishing on Facebook or Marty McIntyre on Facebook. Okay, and Marty McIntyre with an I, and um, also um, there's Tim Jackson, and there's you know some other guys you work with and that kind of stuff, and other parts of Texas, and there's just a great you know a great 
network of people that are out there to help people that are just getting started. If you have any questions and stuff like that, as far as rigging your boat and that kind of stuff, there's a lot of forums, there's a lot of Facebook groups and stuff like that that you can tune into to get those questions answered. Isn't that right? Absolutely. Yeah. There's everywhere you turn them, there's people talking about boat fishing. Right. Right. Cause it's, it's, That's, hey, that brings up yeah. another thing. Sure. You know, we're having, we're having issues with people dumping fish by the boat ramps. Okay. You know, that's, that's something we have, you have to do is you have to keep the fish. Right. So if you don't have a place to, uh, dispose, dispose of them. Am I saying that right? (laughs) That's something, yeah, that's something you need to plan before you go out boat fishing. Okay. Let's put it that way. Because when you're dropping them at the boat ramp and they're floating and coming right back up you know that's that's not uh conducive to our sport right it's not reflecting well on bow fishermen no it does not and and the biggest you know heck hogs hogs love them yeah you can use them for fish bait you know fertilizer there's a whole lot of uses for them other than dumping them right at the boat ramp you, you yeah. and I, I got you connected with that one guy, Lynn, that Lynn Barnett, the guy. That, oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. And he, he just wanted some fish for cut bait and boy, did he get enough fish? He told me so. Yes, he <laughs> did. And that's, and that's it. You know, yeah. I, and I have no problem giving away fish for cut bait. Yeah, that's, that's great. That's, that is a good option for him. Well, and you like one of the podcasts I did recently on saltwater was was guys catching redfish on the coastal uh, the, the coastal line. Uh, what am I trying to say? Shoreline, uh, surf with uh, with with cut shat or cut uh, shad or cut um, cut carp or cut buffalo because they're so oily. Oh yeah, buffalo fresh- is fantastic. Yeah, fantastic for that. It it'll leave out a, a oil slick for days right right that'll attract your shark or your redfish or whatever in and it's great great for great for your catfish or your you know any kind of saltwater fish like that that's going to eat cut bait because you've got an opportunity to you know get go on a bow fishing trip or call marty and and get you know bow fishing um you know fish to uh to cut up and it's kind of a pain as big as these things get to clean sometimes but they they make a lot of cut bait you know and as far as they're good eating too if you like fish I, the thing I don't care for them is they're oily, right? You know, but they fry up very good. They, they are tasty, but they are also oily fish. Right. You know, when I was eating them, all I was going to, all I was thinking about is I didn't have to have uh, fish oil. Yeah. You know, fish oil. (laughs) Yeah. I take fish oil for my heart. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I didn't need them right now. You got plenty of fish oil there. Greasy fish. Yeah. (laughs) that's funny who needs salmon when you can uh eat uh eat carp and buffalo right so there you go yeah but uh, you know that's that's um that's the other thing i was going to say gar you know a lot of people that listen to the show may not really believe it but you've seen me clean like three foot gar just because i like the meat that much absolutely and they're it's tasty also fried but you know as long as you eat it while it's still warm right the best time i had it was we uh Boiled it in crab boil. Right, I've done it that way too. Yep, and it and it turned out fantastic. Like lobster we, we, kind of, right? We were yeah. calling it poor man lobster. Poor man lobster. Yeah, that's funny. 
Um, and you say that you mentioned that too. I thought uh, I thought it was funny when the um, uh, the last uh, Crosswater Outfitters event that I did back in, in Lake Belton back in April. I brought every because my, my wife does not like car, does not like gar. She doesn't like the texture of it. It's too chewy. And so um, I brought all of my gar that I'd been saving for the last three years to that fish fry. And they did a whole basket full of gar that I cut up and everything and had it all nice little, you know, cut all the silver skin and everything out. And they were just yep. blown away at how well it went. There was no gar left at the end of the night. And I brought everything yep. I had. <laughs> that happened that last time I was there when you, yep. you cleaned out two or three of them. Two or three to, of them, yep. Just to even out the fish yeah and it was just something you know we fry them last you know and as we were smart about it but it's one of those things where it's just like wow i you know i didn't think i'd like that but i really did you know and if you once you try it you kind of you're like yeah i could eat that it's more like pork it's a kind of a denser chewier meat but it's clean and they eat pretty clean too gar do kind of like crappie do they eat live fish you know absolutely um, so absolutely. that's the thing everybody says crappie's the best freshwater meat that there is and everything like that and i'm like man you know if you just get something that eats clean you know well, look how much catfish we eat you know they don't eat clean you know so well but yeah if you, now if you divide it and people people classify the catfish all in one group and you know the catfish have different diets depending right. on what kind that's of true. catfish. That's true. That's true. I, I I didn't think that through before I said it. So oh, blue okay. cats versus yellow cats versus channel cats. Yeah, I know what you there mean. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, so yellow cats obviously eat live, live stuff. But anyway, either way, I'm just saying, you know, a gar eats clean and the meat is is usually pretty good. So as long as it's not right. too mushy. So Absolutely. Um, that's really good. But uh, well, thank you so much for joining me, Marty. Is there anything else you want to say in closing? No, that's good. I had a good talk. It, enjoyed talking to you every time appreciate you having me on thanks a lot and garquest.com is your website one of the websites i built yes um, the, yes it is yes yes that's how marty and i work together as well and i, I all the videos and stuff for the most part on that page uh garquest.com are creations of mine that i started editing video when i met you i had to learn how to edit all your videos so i taught myself how to edit video because of you buddy <laughs> so, that's it that's right all right thanks so much for joining us marty i appreciate it uh-huh thank you have a good one and there he goes, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Marty McIntyre. Incredible, incredible guy. Just love this dude. Um, if you're new to this podcast, please subscribe. Please give us a five-star rating if you hear what you like what you hear. Um, I just can't thank you enough. I know a lot of new bow fishermen, or not new bow fishermen, but new podcast listeners are going to be listening because it's a bow fishing episode that we're going to share on social media. So uh, if you've not done so already, sign up for our newsletter. You get three a week. Uh, the Tactical Tuesday, Tactical and Practical Tuesday, Wildlife Wednesday, and the Thursday Texas State of the Outdoor Nation, as well as a lot of our special email blasts and stuff like that with special offers from some of our sponsors and special uh, deals that they have going on. And then you also get uh, this podcast at Fish Game forward slash podcast you can listen to all of our podcasts we've been at this for four years and part of the texas outdoor nation with texas fishing game for three years and um it's just been a wild ride it's been great i love 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 you guys for listening i love each and every one of you uh like i said in the last show this is kind of an intimate setting 
because I'm literally in your ears, you know, I'm literally in your head, you know, when you're listening to on, with earbuds on your off your phone, or if you're at the gym working out, or if you're at the car, I'm in your speakers, you know, whatever the case may be. But I just, it's an honor for me to do this show. It's busy for me. It's so crazy busy right now, but I try to get a new show out every two weeks still, because this is my creative outlet. This is one of the ways I commune with creativity and uh, edit and create content is, is just one of the things that I love to do. So, um, you know, I just want to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart again for watching, reading, and listening. Um, thank you so much for telling a friend. Thank you so much for subscribing to our newsletters. Thank you so much for um, spreading the outdoor gospel out there about, about you know, the, the lifestyle of the outdoors, about communing with God, about, um, you know, anything that you're into, communing with nature. Um, just sitting out in the woods sometimes and waiting for that hog to come to that feeder and getting that that rush i got that the other day when i was hog hunting man and i just remembered why i love hunting so much and why i love fishing so much because there's always the unknown out there it's an adrenaline rush and uh when you're hunting fish like you do in bow fishing it's another thing once you see that that 50 pound you know grass carp uh your heart just jumps and you just make that shot and uh, and do the best you can with it i mean there's just so many many great things in the outdoors to experience guys and uh, i just encourage you to get out there with your family take a kid fishing take a take a family member hunting uh, over here at the warnke house i had my son shooting my crossbow the other day um and i my father-in-law was over here and i was showing him how well he was doing well he got out there and shot a crossbow for his first time. And he said, my goodness, this is incredible. And I just, I finally think I've got him hooked on what I do besides just the hunting and fishing stuff that I do as far as why I do it and why I love crossbows so much and air guns and, uh, and bow fishing and all the, the kind of fringe things that not everybody thinks about as main outdoor sports uh, because they're different and because they're unique and they're, they're great ways to spend time in the outdoors. So that's just my, my kind of, um, uh, soapbox for today so just a reminder you guys all rock thank you for listening to this podcast thanks for telling a friend thank you so much for spreading the outdoor nation word to your brother through your sister to your mother whatever the case may be i really appreciate you guys all thank you so much for watching reading and listening have an awesome day in the outdoors we'll see you next time